Joining me today, actually, we have two guests. We have Jackie. Hello. And we have James. Hello again. Hey, guys. So we're going to do a, uh, a three-person roundtable today, so we'll see how it goes. We're, just, we're trying something new. Um, if there is any reverb on the audio or anything like that, just let me know, because we have the mics are a little close together. I don't know. We're going to have to try a couple of different things, but just let us know in the comments and section, and, and we'll get to it, to it today. So um, actually, today, we're going to be going over a Super Mario 64 uh, beloved franchise from Nintendo. Uh, Arguably one of the greatest games of all time. Valid, completely <laughs> valid. So just to start us off a little bit, let's let's hear everybody's um, initial um, thoughts and uh, initial uh, first react first interactions with uh, Mario of any kind, Jackie. Because we're gonna leave it open for you because I know you're definitely a PlayStation person more than so than a Nintendo yeah. person. Um. I kind of hated Nintendo just on general principle because I started out with PlayStation. Um, I, you mean like Mario? Yeah, let's just do Mario. So, okay, legitimately I did play Mario on the Atari. Like we had an Atari. Oh my god, we're going to have a serious problem. Atari? Yeah, so <laughs> there was I, no, that was my I first Mario, I didn't think Mario was on the Atari. I'm pretty sure it legitimately was. I would, maybe you should, you can do some research in a bit, but I swear I played Fine. it on the Atari. Your first born, if it's not, if it was never on the Atari. Oh my god. I'm pretty sure it was on the Atari, and that's how I played it. I mean, I know who Mario is, and it's cool. He's the Crash Bandicoot of Nintendo. Oh, parking oh, no. back to our last episode. We actually did uh, just did a Crash Bandicoot one. Yeah. She was way more into that because that was her bread and butter right well, there. I mean, I mean, Mario's great. He's famous. He's it's a really good game. I hear. Well, mentioning Crash Bandicoot, Oops. they just made a sequel for it. Actually, yeah. So we were talking. I mean, about it's a completely that. different company, and I'm told yeah, it plays like a PlayStation One game. So. I'd be down for Zero it. Zero Punctuation just did a kind of scathing review. As, I'm, as there. Sure, I'm sure. he Everything he does, <laughs> he always has something quippy to say about it. Doesn't matter how good the game is, he will bash it a little bit. So, well, we'll have to watch him later. You'll enjoy him. So. That sounds great. Well, anyway, Mario. Hooray, Mario. Your turn, James. So, pretty much non-existent. Okay, yeah. got it. No, Mario 64 was great. It was the title, they, I think they was the box title, actually, for the 64 yeah, console. Was, yeah, Um... I mean, the thing that immediately sticks out is it just has this really fluid, fantastic movement system. And exactly. I'm sure we'll talk more about this later, yeah, but that's yeah. kind of carried the whole 3D Mario franchise for me. But it's this big open world. I mean, there's this huge castle to explore, lots of little things, all kinds of things to do. It's just a really great game. No, exactly. That was one of the things I remember because... So I remember vividly um, coming over to your house because you, you were the first one of all of us that got a 64. Because it seemed like your parents, we felt at the time that your parents loved you the most, so they got you the 64. <laughs> even, though, even though it was obviously, our parents were like, no. I think they had the largest number of young boys. Was That's the- more of what it was, actually. So, and, and our parents, my parents were probably just like, you should be out sad. Dirt is your toy. Your parents don't talk like no, that. No, they don't, not at all. But, but dad would definitely be like that. He's like, yeah. the outside is your toy. Go play with it. It's cheap. To be fair, you guys had a huge yard. That's true, yeah. But anyway, so I remember coming over to your house and seeing it for the first time and looking at this this 64 system, and I'm just like, what is this thing? And I was just like, it looks so bizarre. It was totally different than anything I had well, seen Well, it was kind of lumpy. I mean, because before that, like the, the regular NES and the Super NES and even the PlayStation to some extent, they were kind of 
boxes. I mean, they had different shapes to them, but they were this little square boxes. Very basic, yeah. That you put things into. And the 64 was the first one I remember that had like this really pronounced curvature yeah. to it. They went out of their way to make it look different. Oh, yeah. And, and talking about kind of a sidetrack, do you remember what the controller looks like at all? Uh, kind of like this pitchfork, like reverse pitchfork looking thing almost. And that was one of the things that weirded me out to start with is I didn't know how to approach that. So you know how a pitchfork kind of looks like it's got three prongs? If you yeah. turn it over, one is longer than the other. Yeah. And so you have to hold it like this. Like you, it's, it depends on you how you want to hold it. Two hands, yeah. A lot like of people would do it with two hands. Yeah, because it has so a... So you would hold the middle, uh, the middle uh, prong... For lack yeah. of a better word. Yeah, prongs the right word. And then you would have, that's where the uh, the Joy-Con por portion was, like the little... Yeah, because they, they had a full joystick, and they also had the traditional like D-pad on it. Yeah. And so when you first picked it up, you didn't know how to approach it, because you're like, well, here's the buttons I mash on one side. Exactly. <laughs> but do I grab the middle or the side? <laughs> this is like, and, and do I like wiggle the, the joystick with my nose? It's like, what do I do with this thing? You Especially because like, they had a they had a Z button behind the joystick. Which and was they, one of the first ones. And they, they also had. had an L bumper button up on the side, yeah. too. And so it was a little bit of a mess in terms of the buttons. But It really was. <laughs> it was horrendously designed, but it's probably one of the most memorable ones you can think of oh, it's if you ever played with it. Oh yeah. Is it like was that supposed to be more ergonomic? Was that supposed to be more? I don't know. Honestly, I think the PlayStation had the right idea because that kind of yeah. dual joystick system has really become so the standard. This is, this is what I'm talking about. You see this, Jackie? Oh yeah, I've seen. So those. you've seen those, okay. yeah? It's just a little weird. <laughs> it's just so bizarre to look at, and weird. like I said, it's it's just one of those unique systems that only Nintendo would come up with. Honestly, oh, yeah. they put so, out stuff but, like that. But anyways, um. Kind of like you were saying earlier, uh, the Super Mario 64 was one of the launch titles for it, mm -hmm. and this is something they really, really try to hammer in um, before uh, launching it. They said that Mario will be a launch title for the system because mm -hmm. this was their first, well, technically it's not their first 3D game. Uh, Star Fox was their first 3D game on the uh, uh, Super NES, yes. but this is their first fully realized polygon 3D mm -hmm. game that they're putting on there. And it was really one of the first open-world 3D, like, platformer-type games exactly. in general. Mm -hmm. I mean, even thinking about the PC games weren't doing stuff on the same scale as Mario I mean, 64. Really. I mean, Half-Life was around and stuff like that, but... I mean, you had, like, Doom and Castle Wolfenstein, things like that, but they are very much... I mean, they are shooters, I mean... Well, I mean, they were shooters, but they were also, like, you had very linear paths. You couldn't move the camera... Yeah. Um, you couldn't look around you like they do in some of these games, but like I said, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. But they did yeah. a lot of innovative techniques in this that are were they're just groundbreaking. They really pushed forward the envelope for a lot of games that you see or that are common things that are concepts that are in games that are commonplace nowadays, which are great. Yeah, it set the standard for a lot of stuff. So, kind of going back to the history a little bit, uh, this game was originally released, released in 1996. For all you youngins out there, that was, I was nine. We were nine, I think. I yeah, remember. something we were like that. nine and you were eight. the year my sister graduated high school. See, like I said, we're, we're all, we're, in her eyes, we're all kids still, probably. <laughs> yeah, so. well, yeah. I'm not supposed to mention that, because then people can figure out how old she is. Well, Katie is obviously forever 25. Don't say her name. Keep well, going. She's forever 25. Anyways, <laughs> it just drives you up the wall, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Anyway, so this was one of the first uh, 3D platforming games released for the Nintendo 64. I believe it was the only, uh, the first ever one, like you were saying. 
Um, and like you were saying earlier, it provides a large open world for you to play within. And at the time, it was a completely new concept for, for platforms uh, to do. To do. Um, and you don't really see, you didn't see this at all beforehand, as far as I can know. I don't think there's any concept that I can think of. I don't recall anything on the same scale. I mean, uh, I want to say it was a 3D Sonic game, but I think that was later. And I know it didn't do nearly as well. No, it was more of a top-downer, yeah. wasn't it, I think. Yeah. No, this is the first big open world platform game I remember. Yeah. So, but so obviously, so and it was another really, really interesting concept that they threw in here was they, that the players would jump from world to world via paintings that they accessed via the hub, um, which was a the hub world was kind of one of those new things that they hadn't seen before because this is right about the same time that um, Crash Crash Bandicoot came out and the mm -hmm. PlayStation came out, and that's when they started doing. I think the originally in the first one. It was more of a Donkey Kong style open uh, above world uh, where you moved along to the different levels and things like that. And then the second one was when they had that hub world, correct? If I remember correctly. Uh, Crash Bandicoot. The yes, the second one had a hub world. I mean, technically, the first one, like, I mean, it was kind of a hub world. You were on different islands, but, but it was more of like it was like more you like you could either go. I mean, if you beat the level, you could go forward. But if not, like, you could always go back, but you could Play only again, go yeah. forward to the That was point. very much a Donkey Kong Country kind of thing, yeah. where it had the above world and you would move from dot exactly. to dot and yeah. thing like that. That's kind of what I was talking about. But but with this one, you you physically had the character in the hub world, so you could run around, mm -hmm. interact with the objects, and then go to whatever uh, level you wanted to, a world, and it had multiple playthroughs. Was it yes. like a portal thing that you Yeah, were like I said, exactly. like Spyro the Dragon? A lot like Spyro the Dragon. Because that came out in 98. Sorry, yeah, I yeah. So, that, so Spiral that. is a very good, I, I guess you would call, I wouldn't call it a clone of 60, Mario 64. But it's like that. It's very much so. It's, it's, it's kind of an open world platformer. Yeah. I think of Spyro as more of like a collect-a-thon type game because there's just so much junk to collect in that game. It really yeah. was. It definitely took the aspects of a lot of... Like, but it, like it definitely is definitely a lot of the same niches. And Spiral was rightfully very popular at its time. No, absolutely, and I it's it still pretty much is. But yeah, but so that's kind of one of those really interesting concepts. Like I said, that even not even two years later, they incorporated into a lot of games like mm -hmm. Spyro. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like I said, it, it and it left lasting effects on a lot of uh, games in the in the in the in the gaming industry. So. Obviously, we already went over the initial impressions when we were young. I don't know how many hours we spent on those games. It was, it was a, an insane amount of, of Many, time. many, many hours. You just had to steal Volpex, didn't you? Why? That doesn't make any sense. Sorry, he's got a Volpex toy on the table, and it's my favorite, so I took <laughs> I put it out there because I knew it's something you wanted to play with while we were talking with, so... Talking so, anyways, Ew. so kind of going into a little bit more of the history. So, how did they come up with all these concepts? Um, obviously, it, it really hinged into the development of a lot of these things. So, originally, this was conceived by uh, Miyamoto, which is the legendary uh, Nintendo creator. I don't know if you ever, you probably have never seen Miyamoto. He was Jackie. their head for a very long time. I mean, so if you think about it, he created. Um, I I don't know believe he I don't believe he recreated uh, the original Mario, but I know he did. Um, he did things like Legend of Zelda. I think all the mainline Zelda titles. Most he, of the Mar most of the Mario titles. 
I think he really did a lot of those. I'm trying to. Uh, like, I mean, most of their first party properties he's been part of. I mean, yeah, he did a lot. He basically he's one of their basically their uh, creative head. Essentially, yeah. I would call him that. Lead, lead designers. Lead big lead designers. Um, and if you saw him, you'd probably recognize him. Does he look like Hayao Miyazaki? Not really. No. If you watched I Continue the Direct, you have seen him on that. Oh, yeah. Uh, let me try and pull up a picture of him real Is quick. Is he comparable in age? Yes. Uh, <laughs> roughly. Yes, in age, I was yes. going to say, are they like buddies? Oh, so, yeah. Okay, yeah, I've seen pictures of him before. Yeah, yeah. So he, like oh. I said, he, he, his big thing is he was very instrumental in helping create, uh, I believe it was the original Mario, but he, so pretty much from what I remember, I, I believe he went on, so okay, I apologize. So his big thing was going in to help uh, create Donkey Kong, which is the original uh, Mario type game, which is in 81. So that's where Mario kind of comes from a little bit. Um, which is where, yeah, you get him, he, he's jumping around, and he goes up the ladders and tries mm -hmm. to save Peach. So he helped develop that. That's where he gets his start at. And I guess that's where he originally kind of, like, moved in with with the Nintendo company. So anyways, so that's, he he had his hand in this from, like, the very beginning because he, I, I knew, he knew there was something very, very uh, interesting that they had going there. And he kind of took ideas that they had from uh, the Star Fox video game, which is, Arguably, probably one of the one of the first three D video games that they came out with for consoles, especially for the SNES. I mean, I know. So, in in comparison to this game, the SNES Star Fox game was made in ninety three. Mm -hmm. And actually, fun fact on that one, um, I actually looked this up. So, did you know that the that was actually the Star Fox game was actually created after somebody hacked a um, the uh, cart one of the cartridges or mm -hmm. sorry the SNES system. No, I had not heard that. And they that. actually were able to, like, hey, we can actually make a 3D model system uh, on this game and put it, like, put it onto <laughs> a cartridge for you guys. Because I, I remember at the time, I was too young to understand the technical part of it, but I was flabbergasted by the Star Fox graphics. Like, I didn't even know that was possible on the SNES. And that's where you get all those basic like, polygon shapes. Yeah, they were all very kind of poly, polygon or very, very rudimentary stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, anyways, so like I said, they they took a lot of those ideas that they took from the Star Fox system in ninety or Star Fox game in ninety three, and really uh, pushed for three years uh, while they uh, went through the three phases. They had one, and that was uh, one year that took them to do the design concept, and two were in the production phase, which is pretty typical for some of the games back then. Um, they began began production production in nineteen ninety four. Um, and they had a team for about 15 to 20 people to bring the game uh, all the way up to fulfillment. So if you can think about it nowadays, how, how many people do you think are on a normal like game? For like a AAA title? Like a AAA title like uh, this would be. Hundreds yeah. probably. Hundreds, easily. Yeah. So yeah. Yes. That. <laughs> I agree. I'm, I'm proud of you. You know what? You're going you're gonna to get a treat. Have, have, a bite of your, have a bite of your beef bar. That's... Anyway, I'm just, I just go with the experts. I don't know if we're experts. We're definitely enthusiasts. So um, so apparently it took the, uh, one of the teams three months to determine which direction uh, they wanted to go with. So initially, it sounded like, from what I was reading, that they didn't know if they wanted to have it be kind of like they um, have on the old Nintendo games where it's literally just basic platformer. Yeah. Or do they want to do it as... Um, each level, but it still it would still have been 3D, but it would have been each level. 
mm-hmm. and you would have just progressed and so on and so forth. And I think they finally put their foot down and said, hey, you know, this is something we want to have. Uh, these are the concepts we're going to have in here. And really emphasizing that they want to have these open levels that they can use. Because what they were trying to do, I think, they had a concept of that camera movement. Yeah. And being able to spin around you. And they said, we want to really be able to ha- let the players say, look at their entire world around them. And not just see the one singular picture or this one snapshot of the yeah. world that you're able to see and i th- i think that was one of the huge one of the biggest things that they implemented in here that like i said really echoed out throughout the rest of the gaming franchise and their gaming history for that matter these things are staples well yeah and they took the console to its limits even with the very first game that came out for it exactly like there's a couple of levels like the dry the dire dire docks level for example that yeah. is notoriously laggy <laughs> Exactly. Even on a, a pristine, unaltered system, because they were just taking that, because they took their brand new system as far as it could possibly go with this game. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I mean, you say that, I remember that. I remember it kind of like jagging the lagging a little bit. And there's so many times you would die sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because you're just like, it's lagging a little bit, and you're just like, what? why is it, what's going on? Because, like you said, I can't even remember what the, it was, it was definitely not even a gig of memory on here. It was less. It was oh, like, it was much, much less. It was like. It's like 32 megabytes yeah, it's or like something. Yeah, no, it's like nothing. Compared to some of the other stuff now, and you're thinking, we're gonna cut that out because I just burped. There we go. That's yeah, so we might gross. leave that one in. That's disgusting. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, yeah, and so they they have they they really like you said they really pushed a lot of these things to their limit, and it was just really amazing to watch them do this, and they did this, you know, like I said, from after year, years of just really trying to hammer out a lot of these uh, these concepts that they had. And they really, like I said, they really wanted to emphasize, they really tried in these in this planning phase, they were really emphasizing that they wanted to start out, uh, like I said, I said, planning out the levels, making sure that they they were as open-worldy as possible, and a lot of times they would just reuse them, because I think it saved, a lot, saved them a lot of memory on the cards, honestly. Yeah. So, and, and the other things they kind of put in there, um, I'm trying to think of what these are, the MIBs. I guess it's that's the I don't even remember what the, why I put this in here. The, the little bunny rabbits. Yeah. So apparently. M-I-B. Okay. So that's why I put that in here. There's Sorry. a couple of stars you get by chasing bunny rabbits around. Yeah. That's a huge thing. So in the new especially the, in the sewer area of the castle hub when you yeah. go downstairs, there's one you chase around the hallways and it's actually interesting because there's a couple of speedrunning glitches that use a mib. You can use it to clip through some of the doors and walls. It's actually really cool to watch, but in the newer one, in the remastered one, I think it was for the they 3DS. Fixed it, yeah. <laughs> well, they fixed it, but they also put like a ton of those mibs in there. I guess mm-hmm. it's like a, and you have to catch like twenty five or thirty of them to get a star now instead of just the one. What? I think that's what I, if I so, remember. Admittedly, I've been playing Sunshine on the Mario 3D All Stars because I didn't get to play that one back in the day. I, so I haven't played. I haven't touched yet. Mario 64 yet on the All Stars. So I started to play that one. I remembered how much. I loved it, but I also wanted to hate it so much because it's actually pretty difficult. <laughs> it's, um, it's, yeah. <laughs> so I actually started playing the um, uh, Galaxy. Galaxy. And yeah. I remember, dude, I am like knees deep in that. I played that for like four hours of the day and I was just <laughs> like, I didn't even get up out of my chair and I'm just like, I should probably go eat something. <laughs> I haven't been like that for years. Usually it's yeah. like once an hour, so I have to get up and go mm-hmm. walk around, but... 
But no, these MIBs that they put in there. It says they're called MIPS. Sorry, MIPS. I'm fact checking you. It's with a P, not a B. Hashtag so MIPS. false news, fake news <laughs> no, by David. No, I just like I was. I wanted to see what it looked like. Yeah, they're basically just bunnies with really long ears. Yeah. So you know why they? The, you know why they had those in there? I think they were part of the test, weren't they? Yeah, play test. So. What they would do is they would basically have um, to test the jumping mechanics and the movements and the physics of the, of the game. They would actually have Mario they, in a blank world, or they'd have just like a black, black screen with Mario. He would be running around after the Mib, and they would test him like jumping and running, and because they put a lot of these uh, new concepts in there that they hadn't originally had, like the triple jump. Well, and I think it kind of goes to show it stood the test of time. I mean, even if you look at, uh, like, Super Mario Odyssey, the jumping mechanics are very similar to the Mario 64. Oh, yeah, and they just... The triple jumps, the side jumps, the backflips. I mean, it's it's all well, remarkably they just, consistent. They just progressed on it a little bit, and mm -hmm. they added new things to it. And, like, even just the, the sliding... Uh, the rolling, anything. I don't know if they had rolling in the yeah, original one. They didn't have rolls. They had, they had wall. They had slides. They had wall kicks. Had wall kicks. Um, they had long jumps. And they had the reverse like backflip. They had that a backflip, and they had a side flip you could do too if you yeah, were if you were precise had, enough. Which I'm, I'm not that good. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's that's kind of why they had those mips in there. It was kind of like a, a mips. Mips. I'm sorry. Mips. Mips. <laughs> There you go. They had him as homage to the playtest and basically showing that these uh, little creatures helped them create the game. So another really interesting concept they were they were toying with, but actually never came to fruition. Um, they actually had a uh, they had attempted to do co-op, which this is an interesting thing because we didn't actually know this until very recently. Yeah. They had the the infamous series of Nintendo leaks. I'm sure you guys have heard about. Yeah, I heard about it, but she probably hasn't. So it was uh, several months ago. Someone just dumped hundreds of thousands of Nintendo files yep. that apparently were archived. I, mean, I don't even know why these files still existed. I guess someone who worked at Nintendo was saving N them. Nintendo never gets rid of anything. You know I this. guess, but it's actually really amazing because I think you're about to mention this. They found some like old Luigi files. Yeah. Which, uh, if you remember, I don't know if yeah. back in the day, there was a rumor that Luigi was in the game if yeah. only you could do enough stuff to find him. Which was particularly vicious rumor. We talked about video game rumors in a previous episode. Yes. But Yoshi was actually in the game. If you got 120 stars, yeah. he would show up on the cast, the roof of the castle of all places. Yep. And so you thought, well, if only you could beat the game hard enough, mm -hmm. you could unlock Luigi too. <laughs> yeah. And I think in and the, that was in, false. That was you totally false. He's that. not in the game at all. Well, in, in <laughs> many, the, many years people have been looking and they even searched the files and it some, wasn't there. The yeah, is, is it in the 3D version? In the. And the 3DS version, I think you can switch between Mario, Luigi, and Yoshi, I believe. Oh, maybe. I didn't start that one out. But, let me, let me, but whenever they found these Nintendo leaks, they found some early renderings of a Luigi uh, character. And so there's proof that they were at least considering putting him in the game as a co-op, apparently. Yeah, I'm pretty sure... That I suspect they probably cut that from uh, just performance limitations, is mm -hmm. my guess. No, I'm wrong. Sorry. By co-op, does that mean like play together? You could have two people. Two characters like on the screen, player? so they would split the screen, and they would have had let you play as okay. either or. But I think the problem that they ran into with this is that it was so 
memory intensive to have two separate characters moving on the screen at the same time. Yeah. That it would just it just bogged it down. Yeah, because a, a typical trick that game developers use is that once a something gets a certain distance away from your character, it stops rendering and loading it. And if you have two characters moving independently on a split screen, Ugh. you effectively have that to load is. twice as much of the level, and yeah. so it really hurts performance. Yeah, so I don't think it just wasn't physically possible for him at the time, but now, I mean... I guess why a lot of games don't have co-op systems is, well, one, it's it's more challenging programming, but two, yeah. you have to cut, cut back on your graphical stuff to make space for that. And that's why a lot of them have moved to that online gaming um, exactly. system, because you can you run it off of, systems. You can run it on a server, basically, and link it from your two computers or however it is set mm -hmm. up, and just have them play together essentially yeah. then it's all the server has to communicate is the locations and then the each system can handle the horsepower part of the it's a lot or, it's a lot easier that way it's a lot i mean more if conducive. you have two players and you limit where they can go like i mean like a fighting game or something well and you see that in like the same well yeah and you see that in some of the co-ops like the old mm -hmm. side scroller co-ops on the n64 yeah. You know, you'd beat up people, and like you'd beat up six people and then you, and then you move, move down forward. to the next zone yep. and it keeps you together there yeah, was a game like that's, that, that called, was the, uh, one of those well, it was, it was called Cookie and Cream, I think, and it was two rabbits, mm -hmm. and Stephen and I played that. You had a weird childhood. Well, we would just go rent things from PlayStation Basie. Kids, you know. I know. Yeah. That's such a weird child. But yeah, it would limit where you could go, and you just jumped on things, because mm -hmm. you were rabbits, and that's what rabbits do. But your names were Cookies and Cream. I'm pretty sure it was Cookie and Cream, or co like Cocoa and Puff. I don't, It was something like candy So apparently related. they're, they're, they're uh, cereal mascots, too. So. I don't know. <laughs> they're better than the Mips. They're better than Mips? They were prettier than the MIPS. God, you're so harsh on everything. So, anyway, so obviously they scrapped this co-op thing that um, they weren't able to bring to fruition. But they did actually were able to, uh, once they were able to scrap this, they were able to add the uh, shadows beneath each of the objects, which actually was a really cool concept at the time. They actually created a depth perception mm -hmm. for a lot of the characters and objects, which allowed you to see, kind of judge... A distance, which was a, they said, no games before that, as far as I could tell, actually had that kind of system. Which set was up. really, really important to making the game playable. Exactly, because you remember just let's just go with the basic first level, okay? <laughs> you remember the one where you're in the cannon? That was, I think, one of our favorite levels in general, especially once you get the sky cap, because you oh, could just fly around and have just a like blast. deuces, goombas. I'm flying around <laughs> wherever I want to go, you know. But yeah, that was that was one of those things you had to try to judge how far you away from the, one of the flo the floating islands to get there, and if you you could kind of kind of tell by how you angled your your cannon how far away it was, mm -hmm. or if like where you shot from, like if it was too far away, things like that. You're like, obviously, I'm not going to make it with the very first cannon. I got to get higher than this. So. Yeah. But it was just a very very unique concept for the time that they just really threw in there. But um, on top of that, they. They, they really emphasize the idea of puzzle mechanics, which is the first game they mm -hmm. really, really doubled down on puzzle mechanics for a lot of these games, which, if I mean, all the other games, as far as I've noticed, they're, they're just, there's so many puzzles and they're nonstop now. It's just, it's, it's a staple for one of these, but they, they pulled a lot of this from, it seemed like, to me at least, that they pulled it over from uh, The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, which is where you get a lot of these puzzle-type systems. Yeah, and I think game. also have, having the 3D world kind of lends itself more to the puzzling thing, too. 
Which I, I, I like that concept. I think Mario needs to have... It needs to have something, especially because... Because there's only so many Goombas and bad guys you can jump on before you get bored of it and mm -hmm. you get tired out. If you put a little con like a puzzle concept in there, people are more apt to try to figure out the puzzle in different ways, too. Exactly. And I, and I think this is something which is important, which is different about a Mario game compared to a Zelda game, though, is... In a Zelda game, you have all these tools and these gadgets, yep. you, know, you collect them from the dungeon, so a lot of the puzzles consist of finding the right tool for the right situation. Yep. For the Mario games, Mario, I mean, they mix it up for each game, but it's really about Mario and his movement through the world, and yep. so a lot of the puzzles are about moving in the correct way. Exactly. It's about being able to, you know, challenge each situation most appropriately. Exactly. And the, and the thing about that is you have your, you have the set of tools, AKA your moves already programmed. Yeah. I mean, and obviously you have Cappy and, in you know, in sunshine you get flood, but it really it's, they're just really different ways of exploring the space. Is really but you have those is. tools at the beginning of the game. Exactly. You pretty much you get your whole move set at the very beginning, and then that's yeah. it. And then yeah. the environment changes, but Mario stays the same. And you have to learn as you go through each level to figure out, hey, all these are the new concepts I can do. Heck, I think, uh, what was it, the third level? Mario 64 had a star called Wall Kicks Will Work. I think its entire point was to make sure our little eight-year-old minds knew that you could do that. Exactly. <laughs> it yes. took me, I remember it taking me hours to get it the first time to get that star. But, you, but by God, you got <laughs> I it. Did that's get all it. That if they hadn't told me I needed to wall kick in the title, I probably would have never figured that nope, out. <laughs> never. That's that's the kind of you know thing we did. But but anyways, like I said, they they really wanted to push this um, and, and to see that um, uh, the, just to really see that that you, you they they push those the concept of puzzles in there because like I said, they really wanted to emphasize that in the new game. We try to hopefully put put it in a new direction because I think they knew at the time that just having a basic platformer mm -hmm. it would that would limit them and it would really limit the franchise that they were in i think it would probably almost kind of like would it would have been a shot in the foot in my opinion would have really been a bad start to their season. it would have been the waste of a 3d game really exactly. too because i think even to this day 2d platformers remain popular as you know a platformer oh, yeah. and i think if you're just going to have a challenging you know jump mechanic game there's it's great. I like the 2D medium for that. I feel like once you move yeah. into 3D, if you're not going to add some more puzzles and environmental stuff to it, then really, what's the point? I mean, it, you're just you're the diamond dozen, and it's not going to sell. But, yeah, it won't sell anything. But anyway, so that that that's that's the kind of concept phase that they went through uh, while they were waiting to release. But unfortunately, um, in '95, uh, they actually uh, had a little bit of their information was leaked. They mm -hmm. were saying, hey. They're getting ready to come out because I believe at the time they had already announced that the '64 was coming out, and um, but people didn't know what launch titles they had for it. And, you know, there were rumors and speculations, of course, like most games. As always. But they they since they were they somebody accidentally uh, got some information about '64 Mario '64 coming out, and so Nintendo Nintendo actually released a playable version of it. At, um, and I've never heard of this thing ever. It's called Nintendo Space World. I'm assuming it's some sort of some sort of convention. I had not heard of that convention. No. That's that's, that's what they uh, said on here, and I was just like, that sounds. Was did this predate E3 or? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because E3 was really small at the time. Because I know in the 2000s, E3 kind of became like the main vehicle for like the yearly announcements. But so what? Yeah, it's a convention. Um, it's uh, formally named uh, Famicom Space World. It uh, it's Famicom. That's why. It was, it was a trade show hosted yeah. by Nintendo from ninety. Where is it at? 
It was in Japan. Oh, where it was in Japan. Yeah, always in Japan, yeah. So Japan has a uh, Japanese game convention every year, mm -hmm. a big one, and I'm assuming this is one of the smaller ones that predated a little bit, that was Nintendo-centric. So yeah. a lot of these games back in the day, they had their own... They had their own... Uh, 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 conventions to basically promote their 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 games because unlike a lot of a lot of games now do nowadays they can do a lot of online stuff and just say hey here's our game. Well, and also it was important to get it out there because I mean if you've ever sat down and looked at like the library of games like the original NES has thousands of games that were made for it. The Super NES yeah. has hundreds of games that were made for it during its lifespan, and it's like before the ceiling for sorry before the floor for making a game was so high. Everyone made these games. A lot of them had limited releases. I Jim mean, Bob could make it in his basement if he really had the time yeah. and effort to do exactly. it. Exactly. I mean, if you're a if you're a weeb like I am too, I mean, there's <laughs> <laughs> a, lo a lot of a lot of anime shows had NES games that were released along with the shows that yeah. never made it out of Japan. I imagine if you didn't promote it at a convention or something, people might not even know your game existed. And that's that's why I really uh, I'm gonna be honest with you, Jack. It's one of the biggest reasons I want to go to Japan. <laughs> Wait, that's like that's. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. The culture and the people are why I want to go to Japan. <laughs> I mean, better? you don't have to have a right answer. I just, I just need to know what I'm going to be drug around to. You're going to be drug around to all the game and anime shops that we don't have in the U.S. Run yes. anime hot springs. That's right. Oh, <laughs> and sushi. Uh, yes. Mm, so good. As long as I can go to Studio Ghibli and see the fox. Fish. Actually, in all seriousness, it'd be cool to do a Kaiseki dinner sometime. That would be really cool, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. You know what Kaiseki is? No. Okay. I'll you would it. like it. This is like Japanese high-end traditional cuisine. Okay. Yeah, it, it is pretty it, cool. It's, it's very seasonal. It's very mm -hmm. formal. It'd be right up your alley, trust me. Do you, have, do you like sit, like traditionally, like sit on the floor with a little I table hope, and I all that? Not. And have like music not. in the background? You, you would lose <laughs> yourself, wouldn't you? I would like the Aww. music and the kimonos and stuff like that. That'd be cool, but I would like an actual chair to sit in. Yeah. <laughs> They have all the anime. I can imagine. Because I feel like that floor kneeling position, if you don't start doing that as a young kid, yeah. that's something. It's, it's like, tough on the knees. It definitely is. Yeah. Uncomfortable. Because oh, I remember yeah. in martial arts, we used to do that kneeling position like every time, and I'm thinking I could hardly even get into that position now. I mean, I could do it. It, it used just, to be very I'm going to be broken when I'm getting up. So. And I consider myself pretty <laughs> flexible for someone even at our age. <laughs> It's amazing how that goes it's away. It's not young anymore, but but anyway, so obviously no, we are still young. It's not. <laughs> I'm young at heart. Keep telling yourself whatever you need to do know, right? to get through the day. So after the uh, making a raw uh, U-turn back to our from our tangent there, um, we were uh, Mario. Okay. Yes, all about Mario. Uh, all about the Mario. God, we're so retarded. Anyways, um, all right. Do you remember the second one, the Snow World? Yeah. Where you had the one where you were supposed to chase the penguin down the mountain. So that's where I've gotten so far in the new one. Uh, when I've and I I might have yelled a couple times. Do you remember how hard that was? So get this BS. <laughs> <laughs> there is a secret passage. Like so, if you're going down the the slide, you can actually push up against one of the walls and it'll kick you through a hidden. Passage. Oh, that's always been there. Yeah. Well, totally forgot about it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is great. I can just fall down and I can beat the penguin and I'll win. No, he gets pissed off at you and says, hey, if I would have known you were a cheater, I wouldn't have raced you in the first place. No star for you. And he's like, 
You know? I'm pretty sure he used to give you the star. No, he didn't. He, he didn't? No, he won't. And he, like, tells you to piss off. <laughs> I and forgot so have, about that. You have to actually have to, like, actually beat him in the game. And you it, have to do it the honest way. Oh, I'm so mad. Well, and here's the doubly bad thing, too. Yeah. Something you don't realize is you finish the race... And then no, the race the race ends. You cross the finish line, but then you slide onto ice blocks. Yep. And there's some freaking holes in the ground. So yep. like you win the race and you slide right off into the into die. the void. Yeah. At least once before you realize before that that's there. Before you know what to do. Well, because if he gets there before the end, before you do, you don't even get to see the finish line. He just nope. says, "I win." <laughs> yeah, and you're just like, "Oh, I hate the penguin so that much." That sounds so brutal. Like Crash Bandicoot one brutal. Yeah, yeah. And it was. It did. It definitely had that level, and like I said, it's definitely lived on a little bit of infamy, because. But it's also got so much love behind it because it, it is just the right amount of hard. To oh say, yeah. It's not Dark Souls hard. No, it's, no, by no stretch of the is it hard. Um, it's hard is, enough to feel like you accomplished something. Exactly. Though. Okay. So, there, so it's a good. Challenge. It had that nice yeah. balance of fun stars to catch <laughs> like oh i'm gonna go find the baby penguin and i'm gonna take it back to its mommy this is so much fun well, yeah and the stupid racing levels on each <laughs> of those are are the what was the well, like every world had like a story star where like yeah. go to the top of the mountain and beat king bomba or the red the red coins which yeah. some of those are stupid to find yeah and there's always the search for the red coins oh my god and then Every level has a couple of just frustratingly hard to find ones where they're just hidden. And it's like, oh, find the star hidden in the wall somewhere. It's like, thank you for this. <laughs> like, who? You can't even see through that wall. Why is it hidden? This is dumb. Or it's just like, I don't or know. Or the one where you had to find the correct giant eel and like find the star hidden behind him. An eel? Yeah, that was an underwater level. It was like the third or fourth level. Yeah. It had some un- so it had some above water, it had some underwater stuff, and there was this giant pit that went like straight down in the water, and there was like six or eight giant eels. Yeah, and you had they to came out. And the, the problem of it, on top eels. of trying to figure out which eel you had, you had a limited amount of air supply to get through there. Really short amount of air supply. Yeah. And so you had to figure it like you were literally going boom, boom, boom. Do the boom. eels attack you? Oh yeah, yeah, they of course pop, they do. They pop out. That's what you do. Have they to do they shriek? Right? I don't know. I don't, That's I don't a remember. Princess Bride reference. Just no, they're definitely not shrieking eels, and there were no R O U S S. Thankfully. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. See, I'm I'm with you. You just gotta get let me catch up. I'm maybe like two blocks behind. So, anyway, so um, obviously, so after they released, uh, they they showed it off during the trade show. Um, they also announced that one of the uh, uh, most iconic persons to be and and. The Mario franchise from this point on um, was actually the voice of Mario. So this was a really cool thing. He's literally so this this guy is the name is uh, I'm gonna try and say his name correctly. It's Charles Marionette. Mm-hmm. I believe it's the correct way to say it. He has literally if you heard his voice, if you've heard if you heard ever heard it's me Mario. Yes. There's been one voice actor the entire he franchise. Has been, so, so literally really? 19, 1992 to the present. Wow. So literally over. Three decades. Yeah, three decades. How old is this guy? Uh, I'd have to he's look. He's got to be given in the sixties or seventies. Yeah. So now. unfortunately, I know I've seen videos of him, and he's definitely older. Yeah. Let me. Uh... Is he Italian? Yes. Well, probably. I don't know. Let's take a look. He, he looked yeah. Italian. He looks very Italian. So, but no. Yeah. He's. Um, <sighs> yeah. So he's a very uh, prominent voice actor for the Nintendo, and so he is really. I mean, so. Is it Martinet? Martinet. I don't know. I said, I said marionette. So because I'm a, like I'm a horrible. I've got a, a a horrible English United States accent. I think she cuts your strings. Yeah. 
You have a Midwest. Midwestern accent. You're dead to me. Do you feel like a puppet sometimes? I do. I feel like I'm being being jerked around my entire life. So he's French French descent, Jackie. Well, that's what I was going to say based on how the name looks. So check this out. His family moved to Barcelona when he was 12 and then later to Paris. So he's actually European. That, yes. That's good. (laughs) I'm just trying to incorporate you into the conversation here, okay? Okay, yep. So that's really kind of interesting. So anyways, so he, 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 this was his first big game that they really were like, hey, we want you to be the staple voice for Mario. Mm-hmm. And from this point on, you see him take on numerous roles. He does uh, uh, Wario, Waluigi, uh, Luigi for that matter. Mm-hmm. And he does all these voices. So he has literally had, a, he had this was at this point, he had a gold mine with, with Nintendo. <laughs> To have a steady career with uh, a gaming franchise for almost 20 years, I can only imagine the list of things that he's done. But that was one of the kind of cool things they announced at the at the game to show that he is he was in there. So um, after after they announced all this information, they did also uh, announce in his uh, the kind of the general uh, plot of the game. So like any <laughs> any Mario game, it's basic. Uh, he basically, it's a, he, he, Mario enters the world, and, um, here, actually, I have it written down. Actually, it's like Super Mario 3, you literally get a letter from Princess saying, hey, come rescue me. So, I have, I have, I have two sentences for the plot, okay? (laughs) The plot consists of Mario attempting to rescue Princess Peach from Bowser. Okay, one, first sentence, Mario must collect some of the 120 stars that Bowser has used to imprison the inhabitants of the castle. Two, after defeating Bowser three separate times, Priest's Peach is released from the, the stained glass window. Two sentences about that. That's the entire plot of the game. That's pretty much it, yeah. It's just like every other uh, Super Mario Peach game. Peach is trapped in a stained glass window. So in the game, if I remember correctly, um, yeah, he pushes her into... Uh, so you're jumping into all of these. They don't make that very clear in the game that she's trapped yeah. there, but... Yeah. Yeah, but in in the game, whenever you walk out, I think is it in the front lobby or the front uh, like the front area of the castle? If you turn around, there's a giant stained yeah, glass. Yeah, that's right there in the main get, room. You have to get to her, and Can so you see her in there. It's just a stained glass. It's like of a stained her. glass of, of Peach. Her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let me. This was back when the plot was in the guidebook that came with the game, and not necessarily in the game itself. <laughs> let me. Uh... I remember reading like the old N64 pamphlets, and heck, even Diablo 2 had a bunch of plot in the book that came with it that didn't really. So yeah, so this is what it kind of basically looked like. Oh, that's pretty. Yeah, they did. They had her set up like that mm-hmm. in there, and you had to get to her. Mm-hmm. So and she was trapped there, but you had to defeat Bowser like three separate times, and then it would it would break, and she would come out, and she fell out or whatever it was, and you'd catch. Did she? Like, yeah, I can't remember. I think she might. Is Bowser the only boss in that game? Like, are there no, other no. So like, we, like we were saying, each like, level, each level has like their big boss. There's usually a boss in each level. They're yeah. kind of like little mini bosses. Yeah, like you had King Bomb Bomb for the first one, and then and, there's and, and, Womp and Womp's Fortress. Womp's Fortress, which is the guys that you ever seen the giant like they look like like concrete blocks that go do do. They go. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's yes. actually really good. <laughs> and noise. Yeah, and that's what they do. They just fall over. You they sound go. Like somebody kicked you in the stomach. Really, it's, that's what it sounds like. If you time it just right, you can jump straight through them. <laughs> but, I know. It's, it's pretty fun. And, but they would have a, a boss for each level, but it wasn't as. But these were basic characters that they had in some of the previous games too. So mm-hmm. they didn't really go outside their comfort 
really all that much with big boss uh, people. They added a little few things to them, but it was yeah. pretty jet basic. It's not like some of the newer ones, like like Odyssey, where they have the rabbits or the bad guys. Yeah, no, it's nothing quite like that. It was, which was kind of like I just thought about. It that. was more like each each stage had its own little environment and story to it. So, like I was saying, with the whole thing with the hub world. You would go, jump back in multiple times to try to find these stars. You, I think you had, was there 10 stars for each one? Seven. Seven. And every plus time... Seven plus the one for getting 100 coins. So there was, I guess oh, there was eight in each one. That was right. So there would be eight, roughly. And so you would jump into each of these levels to try and uh, uh, get the start. Each time you jumped in, a different objective would come up. And so there were different things would pop up progressively throughout the thing until you get to that last star and the whole world essentially opened up and you could do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of, that's why it was really interesting to watch why it was a, more of an open world. Like, like they, like I said, with those concepts, of open worlds, open world games. Now they just kind of like slowly build on those mechanics and different things that you can have in there. So, um, it's a pretty basic gameplay concept nowadays, mm -hmm. but for that time it, it was just amazing. So, like I said, Mario enters each of these worlds and collects the stars over time, which will allow you uh, into more and more worlds. So they, they had those gatekeeping things. So like you'd have to think the first one you had to get like three stars or whatever. Yeah, like each level required a certain number of stars, and then each floor of the castle you needed to have a certain number of stars to pass yeah, into I it. I think the minimum amount of stars you have to have is like fifty. Seventy. Seventy. I couldn't remember what it was. I the, knew the, it was quite a the bit. endless staircase that goes up to the last Bowser level, I think, needed seventy stars. Which that that's just just over half is what you have to get at least yeah and so the minimum amount of work to get there is it's substantial but watching some speed runs of this i've seen people get past it oh yeah they do the old the blj trick oh, so this is this is a flaw for anyone who hasn't who doesn't do speed running stuff most of the 3d nintendo games from this area this era have speed caps when you're moving forwards, but the developers neglected to add a speed cap when you're moving backwards. Yep. What? And so if you hit the backwards long jump button often enough and fast enough, you can build up a thoroughly ridiculous amount yep. of speed. And I so most of the tricks... you're going backwards? Yeah, yeah, you're going backwards. And so aiming is a little difficult, but if you're going fast enough, most of these walls are paper thin. So if you, you can make it through the walls? if you can make it through the entire wall in one frame, the game doesn't have time to check if there's collision or not, and you'll just go straight through most yeah. of the walls. <laughs> and that's why I you love... just have to get enough speed and you can go so right through these walls. This is something I want to start doing with you is watching speed runs because even if we just watch bit by bit, it is amazing to watch these people because they put hours and days, weeks, months sometimes oh, yeah. into these things. To try to find these glitches, and they, they find the optimized way to try to beat the game in this short amount of time. And it's amazing to watch. Yeah. So, but anyway, so like I was saying, you know. And Mario 64, mentioning speedruns, has a particularly storied history of speedruns. This is one of the most speedrun games of all and time. And because that's the thing is, they, they even though they, they, they had it in three years of uh, a developing concept mm -hmm. and production, no matter how hard you work on something, there's always going to be tiny little glitches somewhere. Well, in the glitches game. are part of it, but I mean, the heart of a good speedrun game is the movement system. Yep. If there, it doesn't, if it's not satisfying to move through the world, it won't be speedrun, and that's I think one of the reasons why the Mario games in particular have been so enduring in the speedrun community. Absolutely. Um, so, like I said, you iterate each of these worlds to try to go uh, uh, to try to find these stars. But each of the stars, like I was telling you, Jackie, is connected with a special, uh, specific task. Like we were saying, we were saying earlier, collect, defeating the bosses, uh, collecting all the red coins, or solving puzzles.
But the new thing, one of the new things they added in here, which they hadn't really... It was a concept, I guess, and they had some of the other games, James, um, was adding uh, different powers that you could have for temporarily. Mm -hmm. Like, they had the wing cap, which provided you flight, uh, metal cap, which is immune to most damage, mm -hmm. and the vanish cap, uh, which made you partially uh, immaterial, which was a really interesting thing. So, with the metal cap, you could actually, like, if you got that and you hit water, you could actually sink. Mm hmm which was something you couldn't really do on your, you have to swim to the bottom. So it's like yeah. trying to figure out how all these mechanics work. Yeah. So I think it also made you immune to poison gas in one of the levels too. I believe it did. And that's kind of why you just had to learn how each of these uh, special powers worked over time. Otherwise, you know, because well, and interesting thing for me too is generally these things weren't even available until you needed them for a star. Like, for example, on that first world we talked about, the Bomb Bomb world, like the Skycaps weren't even there. Like and the six stars? Yeah, the fifth and sixth star, they weren't even in the level until you got to the point where you needed them. And yeah. I guess they, just like the switches in Mario in Super Mario World, you did have to unlock them too. Yeah, and it was just it was just one of those things you didn't know about until things. So you're always kind of wondering, like, what's my next? What's my next thing coming up? What's what is it coming in there? Actually, so. I, I remember very distinctly the first time we unlocked the Skycap. I don't know if you remember how you did that. I think is once you get 10 stars, like a beam of light just appears in the center of the castle yeah. in that main lobby. And you have to free cam the camera and look up into the beam of light. And then it takes you to the place where you unlock the cap. And I remember as a kid, that was just amazing. That was just, yeah, yeah. Now, I do remember that, I think. I'm trying to remember if I remember that portion of it. But anyways, so... Um, like I was saying earlier, though, too, they, they really had a lot of uh, new mechanics they put in there. The, the, like we were talking about earlier, the new mechanics with the, the walk, the run, mm -hmm. crawl, um, swim, climb, kick, and punch. So they did all of those. They put all those new mechanics in there. and Because and, you really had, didn't have punch or kick in, in the other ones, did you? Not as much. I don't recall them being as prominent. I don't think Because there was a, quite a few enemies you had to punch in this one. Yeah, because I'm trying to think about in, like, Super Mario World, they didn't have the... They didn't have punch, they didn't have kick, but they had the jump mechanic. Oh, so. you mean, like, in the pre, in the 2D Mario games, yeah, no, there was no no punches or kicks yeah, in those jump, games. Yeah, jump, right? Yeah, it was always See, jumping. I remember that. The only, like... I mean, Super Mario 2, you could pick up mushroom, pick up turnips and throw them, but that was the only thing even close to a, a punch or something. Yeah, but, but yeah, so, you know... On top of, you know, continuing, like I said, the plot and everything like that, we already went over that. The 120 stars, so I don't know if I've actually ever gotten all 120 stars. I never did. I had a cousin who did, and he was like the god amongst men for me at that <laughs> he age. He was the legend. He was the legend the, who had all the, the stars. Ghost. He was definitely the god. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I don't think I, I want to say I made it to like 80 or 90 or something, but I don't think I the problem with these types part. of games is like, you know, getting the first 70 or 80 or whatever, I mean, they're easy because you just do the ones you enjoy. And yep. then as you get to the end, you start running into all the ones you skipped because you hated them. And Exactly. Just, You're know. just like, it's more of like pulling fingernails at that point. As exactly. A, as that fun. So, <laughs> see, that's the face. That's what it looks like, Jackie, because you spend like four hours trying to get that one star because you can't, you have to time something just right. Yeah. No, I did with Spyro, things like that. I yeah. empathize. Well, I remember you playing, talking about that even. Like, there was a couple of them. Like, what was the one, the uh, the flying one? What, what, you showed well, me that one one time. There's, there's several um, levels. Like, one wild flight. Yeah. You And it's just, like, freaking insane. 
and I actually did beat Spyro, but it took several years. And I only beat it kind of, not really by cheating, but from talking to other people and researching, like, I think it's called like Haunted Towers in the Dreamweaver's world. To get to like the final dragon, you have to do this crazy supercharge running backwards and go through all these crazy ramps See, that yeah. it, there's no logical pattern to it. It doesn't make any sense unless someone tells you, oh, that's how you do it. That's one of those things that you. So don't, I empathize. Yeah. I remember doing that, and it was like, oh my god. So do you remember? So you do, if you want to do it again, they re-release Spyro on Switch. I've heard. So it's on, my, it's, on, <laughs> it's, on, it's on my wish list. I, I've got I've got the remastered of the uh, Crash Bandicoot games. I started yeah. playing. I I've got the I bought the Spyro trilogy on Switch, and I don't know. I feel like it didn't hold up the same way that some of the Mario games did. Mm -hmm. I'll have to see it and see. I, I found the movement on it to be very hard to deal with, but yeah. maybe you like it. If well, you want to try it one afternoon, you can come by and try it. I might yeah. have to borrow from me and see if I like it or not. But um, but yeah, so they they really push those in. Like I said, all these concepts and, the, and everything they in the game play was so well received. That obviously, um, Super Mario was ended up becoming one of the best selling Nintendo sixty four games of all time. Oh yeah, I remember back when PC Gamer was a big thing. This was like after Manjora's Mask came out, so we're getting to the end of the N64 system. Oh my god, yeah. They did like a list of like the top 100 <laughs> N64 games, and they still ranked Mario 64 number one. Oh, they still do. They still, I mean, even at the end really of the... really high up there. It's, it's, for me, pretty unusual that like the launch title becomes the one everyone remembers, but... But, but I mean, you know, there's some launch titles that people just, they're not memorable, and people don't really remember oh, them. Oh, I just die, yeah. But but this one it just it's it's held up for so long, so here's a, just a kind of co an idea of like how many units they've sold, um, considering they don't make them anymore. Uh, Mario sixty four by two thousand and three it sold more than eleven million copies. Mm -hmm. That is the base sixty four cartridge. Yeah, and then, I think they stopped making the sixty four in. 2001 or that sounds about right so it was about a six-year uh cycle because the cycles back then were a little bit longer than they do nowadays was the gamecube after that yes yeah okay. that was the next I one i remember that one and so that's what they had a cd uh like the mini disc yeah uh base system <sighs> which i didn't like but <laughs> it's okay you're just so used to just popping it in and letting it go it didn't have the same visceral feel that the cartridges did it happens. I mean, you could definitely put them all like in a binder of CDs. Which... I know Canis would definitely probably you know talk you know talk smack with you about it because that was one of her favorite systems if I remember correctly. Oh no, the GameCube was an awesome system. Oh yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not arguing the system was bad. I'm just saying I at that age I didn't like the the discs. The discs. It happens, you know, because you're thinking like it's kind of like am I going to break this? It's like it looks small and it's just like I don't know. It, you know, maybe it was just. I don't know. Maybe it was just the the simple fact. Of I mean, you can't take you bit. can't take them out and blow them off and put them back in. I mean, you think <laughs> you know, that's when that's, you think because when you think the game is cheating, that's the only way to fix it. Yeah, because <laughs> that, like, that particle of dust had gotten in there. And it was like clearly the that finger. was clearly that was why I missed my jump. <laughs> obviously, obviously. So or no, anyways, you can't pick it up and throw it across the room. I did that a couple times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm okay. not at all surprised by that. Well, you know, rage quits and all that. So. Um, so it was so well received that it re actually still received uh, an average score between nine point four and ten on a ten point scale. It's pretty. It was pretty average for it, um, just because of the simple uh, uh, gameplay and polygon effects and graphical innovations that they had on there. Uh, it received numerous awards, some of which include uh, <laughs> best game of the year by the Nintendo Power Magazine. James, there we go. Big, obviously, a rainy endorsement by its own <laughs> company. Well, yeah. <laughs> wow. 
That's the kind of fun thing that they used to do back in the day is like you'd see these games come out and like Nintendo Power and they're like, do you want to try? Like we have our top 10, you know, games of the year. Oh, it's every the same single thing one of now. them was Nintendo games. It's the same thing now. <laughs> it's not explicitly owned by Nintendo, but I mean, you think these gaming review sites don't have an interest in these? No, no, I mean, not at They all. won't get advanced copies if they don't give good reviews to things. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, it's, 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 it's one of those things that you're just like, I knew it was going to come. I knew it was yeah. happening, but you really enjoyed it. Metacritic well is where it's, Metacritic is where it's at now. Oh God, don't get me started. <laughs> Anyways, so they, they 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 really pushed it forward with all these uh, publications and everything like that, and they really really praised it for its innovation in 3D and independent camera controls. But it was such a great success, success like I was talking about before. It spawned a whole just in the '64 era. It spawned a whole nother. Uh, branch of uh, platform adventure games like Donkey Kong 64, uh, Banjo-Kazooie, mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know if you remember my personal favorite, Conker's Bad Fur Day, which was a more of an adult-themed version yes. of uh, <laughs> that, that system. Like, I'm not talking like Conkers. there's... Conker's? Conker's Bad, Bad Fur, Fur Day. Day. You play a squirrel... There are a lot of nut jokes. It's like it's an R-rated N64 game. It, it is. I have no idea how this game even existed, but I'm glad. Well, it's that towards it did. the end of the 64 cycle. Yeah. So Nintendo was probably like, whatever, we don't care, just do it. I mean, one of the bosses is a literal singing poop. I mean, <laughs> that was R-rated. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's like there's like a lot of ball. In... There's a lot of ball and sex jokes in it. A it's... lot of ball and sex jokes. <laughs> <laughs> If wow. you guys are interested, go look it up. As long as you're over 18, go and enjoy I believe it was included in the Rare Rare collection on the Xbox, if you have an Xbox. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yes. Well, in that case, it's probably on Xbox um, Game Pass, then, maybe. Probably. So that would be it should. I know, because it, it did get re-released. It was the remastered version that they put into that, which I know some people were upset about, but... Oh, boy, that's such a great But it wasn't, it wasn't the Rare collection, I, I recall. I remember... Uh, you, I think you got it... I think you got it, and I remember your mom had no idea what it was about. I think, no, we rented it, was what happened. Oh, that's what it was, We yeah. did not get very far into it, I don't believe, before we got to take it away from us. <laughs> good parenting. I, well, you know, it's unfortunately. That's like unfortunately, Unfortunate, good parenting. Somebody gave it. us a copy of Caddyshack. And then my brother and I started watching that, and it was like, oh, because they played it on TV all the time, yeah. but heavily edited. Mm -hmm. And my friend bought it, Laura bought it for me as a gift, yeah. but the R-rated version and didn't realize. <laughs> and we started watching it and my mom was like, oh my god! So greatest. yeah, same thing. We didn't Caddyshack get very far in the Well, I mean, I used to love that movie, but I didn't realize there was a lot more to it that oh, yeah. didn't come on TV. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Back in the day when they Steven just censored the crap out of things. and I were scarred. Like, oh man. Mm, That's crazy. what a naked person looks like. <laughs> oh yeah, very very naked person. So, but so going off of that a little bit. So even after the '64 era, you have a whole franchise just spawning from these game mechanics. Uh, they're Super Mario based. Um, yeah, it was the era of the puzzle platformer. Oh my god! So Super which Mario, like, I'm glad to see is starting to come back a little bit because I love oh those games. Oh my god, these are so. Like we, said, we descended into shooter hell for a while, and I, I don't and like I enjoy. It. Killing and just maiming things like the best of us, but sometimes I want to give my brain a little bit of a challenge and think mm -hmm. about things. And so, like I said, you get these things like like you were saying with the real release of um, Super Mario 3D All Stars, mm -hmm. which was literally just came out two or three weeks ago. Yeah, two or three weeks ago, um, November. How you got it down? November. I'm sorry, 
on September 18th, so a day before my, my birthday. So that's pretty nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> You're just like, whatever. Happy birthday. <laughs> Way late. But anyways. Um, Happy birthday to me. <laughs> that's, that's right. I'm going to buy my own present. <laughs> um, so they re-released that, and they have these, they had Super Mario Sunshine in it, Galaxy, Super Mario Galaxy 1, along with Super Mario uh, 64, mm -hmm. which... I thought it was probably one of some of the best, like, the, the, the out of all the games I could pick, that's, those are three of the best ones, in my opinion. Yeah, and they were really, really good. I kind of wish they would have included Super Mario Odyssey 2 as well. Mm. But, yeah, it's, it's, still, it's good. It's still on their, on their now current platform. Yeah. On their console. That's fine. You can go. Jackie's got to go, guys. So. so everybody say bye-bye, Jackie. Bye. It was great bye, to Jackie. talk to you guys. Oh, so wow. we're almost done here anyway. So. But anyway, so they did release that, um, and they, they put all those on there. And it would have been nice. So they actually didn't even put uh, – there's actually Super Mario Galaxy 2 that they didn't put on there, which I don't know how – I don't think I ever played Super Mario Galaxy 2. Did you ever play that one? I never played that one. I was in college at that point. I didn't have a Nintendo system, but... I didn't have time. Yeah, we are too much World of Warcraft. But... <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's another episode. Um, so... But uh, I'm told it was one of the very best Mario games they've ever come out, so it's supposed to have been amazing. Well, so I, I, I hope they re-release it, you know, because from what I've been told, I think this was their first step in trying to see if they can release uh, Wii, Wii games and Wii U games on an emulator system, mm -hmm. including like the Nintendo Entertainment Online. So they've got yeah. the NES and the SNES. I didn't think they're going to try and start putting out 64 games, but the problem they run into that system is they, there's a lot of licensing agreement issues and things like that. They don't own like straight out rights for them anymore. Yeah, it's a lot of very old licensing agreements that have been since moved on from, so... Uh... I don't know how it's going to go. I, and I, a lot of the companies that were big in the day aren't big anymore now, and they've been bought up by people. And I, yeah. and unfortunately, with a lot of these big, uh, the three big ones, Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft, a lot of them don't want to play well together. Microsoft and Nintendo aren't bad with each other. It's mostly Sony, honestly, <laughs> uh, that does that. And, and a lot of these smaller companies that are still viable, they're getting bought up, like, you know, Bethesda just got bought out by Microsoft. Yeah. And, 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 or the, the Bethesda's parent company. So, but I, you know, I hope that they will try and uh, play nice with each other and hopefully we get some of these integrations, all these other systems, because it comes down to the end of the day is it's like, what system do you want to play on? It should be what system do you want to play on but you just have that content available for you, even though it might be at a different price point than, say, if you buy it on its native system, in my opinion. Oh, PC Master Race. That's right. My glow, <laughs> our glowing skin and, blonde and golden hair. Yeah, and our dark black eyes. Just soulless black eyes. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. So, but um, obviously, like I said, it, it, they, they really, before that, and like I said, if you want to get a copy of this, guys, Nintendo, if you want to sponsor us, go right ahead. Um, they, they're actually going to have this, uh, if you want to try it out without trying to get um, any illegal versions or of the copy of the 64 remastered version, which they actually re-released. Re um, I mean, you remember, have you ever heard of Unity from uh, 
the really the release of Unity. Yes, I think so. So somebody basically took Mario sixty four and tossed it through the Unreal Engine. Basically, <laughs> what they did. So and it looks gorgeous. So, but also, unfortunately, Mario uh, or Nintendo really didn't like this. So of good course luck, not. Good luck trying to find that. Um, you would. The sure point you know. is, buy your copy before it goes back in the Disney Vault for the next ten years. Yeah. So that's what they're trying to do. Is, is so they've only got a limited release. They have like they're gonna have this uh, Super Mario three D. All Stars is going to be only available for about six months until uh, let's see March thirty first of twenty. It's for like the Mario twenty fifth anniversary or something. Yeah, and hopefully, I think I'm thinking they're going to try and release something special for it. I don't know. We'll see. I would hope so too. Maybe Mario Odyssey two. <laughs> that would be great. Dude, be, I would be so down with that. That would be tasty. <laughs> so I actually I was kind of jumping back and forth. I know we're we're getting we're at the end of the episode here, but I was jumping back and forth between. Um, playing 3D All-Stars and uh, Mario Odyssey again because I was like, I want to go back and collect all the moons. And I'm like, I'm running into the same kind of thing like you said with uh, Mario uh, Odyssey hits the same vibe for me as Mario 64 did. Exactly. It just looks prettier. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I like the Cappy jumps too, actually. The Cappy was a nice addition to the game. It was definitely nice. But but anyways, guys, so um, overall, uh, I know we, we kind of hit our thing here, our stride, and we're, we're kind of putting it to the end of it, but... Overall, um, what, what do you think about the game, James? I think overall you just have to say it's one of the best games of all time. It was definitely a landmark game. I think it, gameplay-wise, still holds up in the current era. The graphics, obviously, you know, if you don't have the nostalgic charm, you may not appreciate the blocky graphics. I think it's still well worth playing. Uh, for the time, like I said, we, we were enchanted by it. It oh, was a great game. Absolutely. I, I'm going to echo you quite a bit. Um, just, like I said... It, it, just from that initial like stepping into that world like you said it 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 really it really captured my imagination and mm -hmm. what what could be done with the gaming systems at the time and just really set the stage for all the games to come from it in the mm -hmm. future and it just going back to it now, it just held, it holds that that nostalgic feeling feeling, which is perfect for right now. <laughs> Everyone needs a little bit of comfort in COVID, in COVID land. Of, it was definitely perfect for this time of the year when it's getting cold and the elections coming around the area, and I just don't want to think about anything else. That's else right. Like, we, we hit Animal Crossing at the beginning of the summer, and we've got three right. D Mario All Stars to, at the to end to snuggle us in and, and <laughs> gently rock us into the end of the year. So, That's right. <laughs> um, put that pacifier in my mouth. Let me go to town. So. Uh, but yeah, like I said, it just brings back the nostalgic feeling, and and it just like I said, being a landmark uh, game, and, and pushing all these these amazing gameplay features out, and and really setting the stage for decades to come, essentially. Definitely. So that's why that's that's just how I felt about it. And like I said, if 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 you guys have differing opinions than us, let us know. If you absolutely hated Mario Super Mario Three Sixty Four, first off. In this You're, limited instance, you might just be wrong. Normally, I'd might, say that there is room for personal interpretation, but you might you might be banned, perma banned. I don't know, probably not, because at this point, I have no room to argue with you guys and get rid of people. So, but if you guys have differing opinions, if you have thoughts, feelings about this game, just like we did, please comment. Let us know. Email us. Um, let us know how you feel about uh, the gaming for or the format we've got here, or whatever game we're taking on uh, this time. Um, and you can, like I said, you can always email us at seriouslypointlessconvo at gmail.com or you can just go on our Facebook page, which is Seriously Pointless Conversations about culture, or S-P-C-A-C. -C. Uh, yeah, I think that's right, correct. Isn't that bad that I don't know my own ac acronym? 
It's a little rough, yeah. I know, sorry. I'm going to have to go to the corner and think about my, my problems. <laughs> so, anyways, so like I said, thanks guys for stopping by. If you have questions, concerns, let us know. And like I said, hopefully in the next couple um, couple of months, um, we've got a couple of surprises coming up. If everything works out correctly, I think we're going to have uh, a... Uh, we're going to be on a as a guest host for another podcast, which I will hopefully, once we get everything ironed out with him, I will uh, put it out there and let everybody know uh, where to look for that at. Um, and in the future, too, I think we're going to be looking at a couple other uh, uh, games, uh, gaming franchises. If you have uh, any suggestions on what you want us to cover, let us know. But if not, we're just going to keep steam rolling, and I don't know what we're going to hit next week, but I will definitely let you know. Um, like I said, again, guys, thanks for stopping by, and we're going to get out of here. Have a nice day, guys. Adios.